Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. No more crying there, we are going. No more crying there, we are going. No more crying there, we are going. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the king, and we're singing hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the king. There you go. Woo. That was awkward for me. Thank you for uh, uh, That was me and my insecurity fishing for some sort of encouragement. So look at this. It's, it's just better when we're together. Please, let's do that. Yeah, I just want to remind you, encourage you, love you. Now, my wife doesn't know this. She is uh, in the foyer uh, uh, prepping, I think. But, uh, oh, there you, there you are. Hello, my love. Um, when we end the service today, okay, I think my wife will be available right after fellowship. So for the single women, if you want to spend time with my wife, she will be available right afterwards. I'm in a meeting with Las Americas from 11.45 to about 12.45. So then with all the singles, with the men and the women, then we'll meet together and I'll join the meeting at around 12.45, 1 o'clock. Does that make sense? So my wife will be available right after church. I'll be meeting with Las Americas, and then we can meet with all the singles after that. Yes. Finally, after a year and a half, it's time to crank the singles. Amen? How is this possible? When will... Now, you know, I'm like, I'm like a spiritual contractor. What do you mean? General contractor. Not, I'm just here on contract. But what that means is I say, hey, this is what we're going to build. This is what God's put on my heart. And sometimes it takes a little longer than we thought. Okay? And sometimes, you know, we need to hire a few people, and it, makes, it goes great. Not that we hired anyone. But, <laughs> um, but you know, with, we, we really do want to focus on our poet's ministry first, okay? And I really appreciate Edgar and Don Sanchez. And you go, gosh, Dave, Ev, almost every time you're always saying something awesome about Edgar and Don because they're my friends and we are close and we really do. It's just like this gift from God where, where you can just work so closely with someone, you get along, you like each other, you, you know, it's, it's just so much fun, okay? And I think we, we get along. But they, they stepped up, they said, we want to take this poet's thing uh, by the horns, and, and I believe they're doing an amazing job, so now it's time we can work on the singles ministry. Yay! Right. So uh, that's the next phase that we're going to focus on. The other thing for me and my wife personally, what do we focus on? We're calling it the wise ministry. What does WISE stand for, huh? And uh, WISE, it's an acronym, but it doesn't start with a W, though it starts with a Y, Y-S-E, Youth Spirit Empowered. And so we have the parents of empowered teens, we want our, our youth to be empowered too, so we're going to be working on the youth ministry very, very soon as well, but I want to get momentum with the singles first. Is that all right? Okay, sound good? Uh, well, we are working right away. We want to network and start having some of the kids who are around the same age. And um, our youth ministry is a little older. It's going to go from about uh, 
It's going to go eighth grade to about sixth grade, sixth to eighth grade, sixth, seventh, and eighth, junior high. Okay, and that's what we'll be working on together. We'll be doing some stuff, and uh, that's coming up next. Sound good? So yeah. Well, I mean, the single you go well. This well, the single's going to take a year and a half. Um, we'll 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 talk today. We'll find out. But um, you know, yeah, Jesus will fix it though. <laughs> yeah, Jesus will fix it. Although trouble has not come our way, but Jesus still will make it better. Sound good? Just a little preview. Now you go, when are we going to talk about the plans for the year and all sorts of those exciting things? Um, we, will, we will actually have our beginning of the year workshop in February, just so you know. Okay? And why is that? Um, we are just really trying to, it's better to take the time to connect and talk so we can build it right. And fortunately in this season for our region as well as from East Cities here, um, we don't have like a fire uh, under our tails to get certain things done at a certain time. So we get to just, let's, let's build it right. How does that sound? So we're going to take January to kind of connect with one another, talk. We're having, that's why we're meeting with the singles. And then in February, we're going to really kind of lay out our plans for the year. Okay, so we'll have an 11-month year this year. How does that sound? And so we're still on holiday vacation. All right? Sound good? Can we do that? So we will have a workshop. It'll be uh, not, February, not Super Bowl Sunday weekend, but the weekend after that, uh, just before, between Super Bowl and President's Day weekend, we're going to have our workshop. We're going to really drill down, talk about our direction for the ministry. Sound good? Is that right, Edgar? Am I saying the right things? Okay, good. Um, but I do have to inform you of one thing. I heard a word being said in this fellowship, and it's a by Felicia word for some of our disciples. And you know what that word is, that phrase? South Cities. South Cities doesn't exist anymore. We're all, when we're talking, there is a South Cities, but that's the 11 a.m. service at the building. But the, the group that we work with most closely is now called Faith Point. Sound good? So I know some of you moved here from South Cities, and that name has, uh, you know, meant a lot to you for the last 17 years. But... That name is the 11 a.m. service. Now, why did this happen? I'll explain it to you because it's actually part of the sermon. All right. Um, in the Gardena building, there are three services, okay? And um, all three services ran like one church at one point, but we're really trying to help each uh, time zone, which we called them before, be self-supporting and, and whatnot. So Tony and Adrian Newsom lead what's, what was called the 5 p.m. time zone, and about Four, four months ago, they said, hey, we want to have our own name, because when you're evangelizing, hey, what, what church is it? Oh, we're the 5 p.m. ministry. You know, to name yourself by a, a time zone, it's not like, yay, come to 315. You know, it's like, uh, so they go, hey, we want to change their name, so they change their name to Primetime. You go, oh, Primetime, I remember that back in the 90s, okay, um, but Tony, we were really talking about it, and he says, hey, we, they were going over name after name after name, and, you know, there just weren't any good ones. And he said, what I really like is Primetime, Dave, but I know that's an old name. I said, if it's a great name, you take it. And so there's no 5 p.m. anymore. It's called Primetime. And so then the old 9 a.m. was wrestling with it, and so uh, after prayer, the name that was chosen for the 9 is Faith Point, Okay. And uh, we're going to talk about what that means and why uh, they changed their name.
but it's actually something we want to embrace, not that we're changing our name, but just the concept, okay? Is that, and, and because Faith Point is not a location or a clever thing, it's actually something God calls us to, all right? Because don't we want to get close to God? See, the theme for this year is draw near. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that always felt to me something very difficult. I, I'm kind of a heady guy. So drawing near to God, what does that mean? Being close to God, being so intimate with God. Like, what, what does that feel like? What does that look like? I've talked to people. They've been around the church for a while, and I was talking to this one guy, and he says, man, I have been in the church for over 20 years. But to feel close to God is something I don't understand. I can feel committed to God. I can feel inspired by God. But what does it mean to draw near? Have you ever wondered that? Not just in a brief moment, an emotional second, but really to feel that intimate with God often. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Do you want to draw near? Do you want to be close? Do you want to have that feeling? In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 19, the Bible reads, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. You know, there's only one way to get close to God. There's only one. It's by the blood of Jesus. Are you excited about Jesus this morning? Are you? Are you really going, man, I am close to God through Christ? Not through a church. Not through relationships. Not through God. You know, I've been studying the Bible with people, some from various different backgrounds lately. And we're just talking about why be a Christian. And you know why we're Christians? Because of Christ. And it says we draw near by the blood of Jesus. Are you excited about Jesus this morning? Are you impressed by him? Are you? We're kind of quiet. Are you? Do you understand who he is? It says this, here, his blood gives us confidence. This notion that God would shed his own blood for us. Did you know if you only rely on the Old Testament and the Koran or any of those other books, God is saying, you're here for me, dude. You're here to serve me. Prove it to me. Prove to me you're worthy. Prove to me that you could get into heaven. Prove to me that you're righteous. Prove to me that you love me. I was listening to sermons online from other different churches, and they go, yes, we got to prove. Show God we love him. There are religions based on, hey, Jesus died for you. Now show God you love him. Sometimes we think that, no, God has shown he loves you. Jesus, blood, means something. Does that give you confidence? If I've, been, if I've repented and I've been baptized, I am coated with the blood of Jesus. I am protected. I have a shield. I have a coat. I'm excited about Jesus. By a new and living way. Opened up for us the curtain that is his body. Are you excited about a new way? I hope your old way is not something you're clinging to. 
I hope you came into this year. I hope you came into this moment saying, you know what? I need a new way because if I'm close to Jesus, he's going to make my mind new. He's going to renew my spirit. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, you offer yourself as a living sacrifice and then God will be transformed you by the renewing of what? Your mind. Jesus' body makes you think differently. Makes you think something broken can live again. Makes you think sacrifice is a good thing, not a bad thing. You want to draw close to God? It starts with Jesus. It says, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, is Jesus great to you? I need some amens. Is Jesus great to you? Because see, not, not because I need the encouragement. I want you to keep me from worrying. I go, I walk in, and I'm saying, wow, everyone, did everyone have a fight today? Like, they're all over the place. I, you know, I get worried. I say, hey, Jesus, you go, huh? I go, Jesus' blood coats you. You're like, hmm. Jesus' body gives you a new way. And now I just said, Jesus is a great priest. Is he great to you? That means, you know, have you ever seen a priest? Any religion. I'm not trying to bash them, but, you know, the whole idea of the name priest makes you boring. Just the word. You know, robes. You can't be exciting in a robe. You can't be funny in a robe. To tell a joke in a robe. You put on a robe, you immediately get kind of more serious. But Jesus is a great priest. He walked in. You're in awe. And it says, over the house of God. That means he is in charge. He has authority over God's house. You want to draw near. First, you just got to get impressed with Jesus. You got to really look hard. You got to really look long. You got to really look deep at who Jesus is. Because I'm telling you, it's so exciting. I was just studying, I'm studying the Bible with people who, gosh, I've been studying the Bible with a person who was born Jewish, then went to a faith that's rooted in Islam, taught by Persians. And I get to tell him about Jesus. That's why I'm a little happy about Jesus today. We might not be doing enough telling, so we can't get that excited. But he's unique. And that's how we start drawing near. Let's go on, though. Because we have Jesus in verse 22, let's draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. It says here, there's, there's just this thing. You, I want to draw close to God. I want to have that confidence. I want to feel that intimacy. You go, where does it come from? Well, you have to have this full assurance that faith brings. Your faith matters. Your confidence will come as you start safeguarding, growing, and caring about your faith. There's a full assurance that comes. And you know, some of us, we're only living in a partial assurance right now. Our faith is a bit broken. We probably came in today going, I need someone to fix my faith. We'll talk about it a little bit. But hey, you know what? Sometimes your faith can be just a, sh a sliver of what it used to be. 
a shard of where you remember. Because why? It says here, when you have that full assurance of faith, you know, having your hearts get sprinkled to cleanse you from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Had you had your body washed with pure water, do you remember your baptism? Do you remember when you realize, I am completely right with God? But since that moment, has your heart gotten guilty? Is your conscience a bit tainted? Do you need the full assurance that faith brings? Because faith is important. You want to draw near to God, you've got to have this thing called faith. And remember for us, I want you to understand, drawing near to God is a different feeling than what you and I would think. Drawing near to God, I think a lot of times you go to a church out here, out there, anywhere. You, you talk to a lot of people, you go, man, I want to draw near to God. It seems like, it seems like it's cuddle time sometimes, the way people, I just want to cuddle close to God. We're not talking about that drawing near to God. It's not Christmas morning with Jesus. You open up the sheets and you just kind of nuzzle on in. We're going to talk about a different drawing near to God because it requires this thing called faith. And faith is very misunderstood on this planet. Faith is just a feeling. Some of you, you think, man, when I come to church, someone needs to make me feel something. But that's not what faith is. You go, I need to get deep in the Bible this morning. And Dave, tell it to me in the Greek. Dave, tell it to me in the Hebrew. Dave, give me the history lesson. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to have the faith that God talks about, if you want to have the deep that God talks about, look at what Jesus says. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. Because we want to get deep with God. We want to draw close to God, don't we? You know, how do I get there? You'll get there when you listen to Jesus. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, its collapse and its destruction was complete. You know, this passage for us in California, it's kind of real. It's kind of raw. It's scary just thinking when, you, when, I, when I was listening to the news and watching it, just this notion that you could be wealthy, you could be world-renowned, and your house still cannot stand. That there are people who lost their lives buried. Why? Because the storm struck and it wasn't strong enough. You know, this, this passage is real to us. But he goes, well, how do, I, how do I get deep with God? Jesus says, you know what digging deep means? You do what I say. Isn't that intense? Deep is in the doing. You draw near to God? You want to get deep with God? Deep is in the doing. Oh, no, really? Yes, really. Deep 
is in the doing. I'll be honest with you. The Bible is not that complex. I'll be honest with you. The message of the cross is not, does not need, you do not need me to speak long to tell you about something simple. That God so loved us, he, he sent his son, he laid down his life for us, and guess what? He resurrected. That gospel I could tell you in less than 15 seconds. Talk about an amazing vine. You can watch on the computer and that's it. There's not much more. Everything about the Old Testament and the New Testament just keeps pointing to this is who God's heart is, this is what he's like, and this is what he's willing to do, and he is powerful and he is real. It doesn't take much. It's not complex, but deep is in the doing. When you act like God, you will feel close to him. When you decide, I'm going to be like Jesus, you will feel close to him. You know, when you become a parent, you start feeling not better about your parent. I'll just be honest with you. Right? You know, when... when uh, Right? Even if you don't have kids, once you start paying your bills, you realize, wow, it's hard to pay your bills. Once you hold down a job, you go, man, my dad, it just seemed like he disappeared and came home. That's it. When you're a kid, your dad disappears, comes home, and is grumpy and tired. You go, what happened? That's it. That's what I thought. You know, but no, man, my dad had to drive to, okay, my dad drove from, I, I grew up east, east of here, so we're east, but east, east, east cities. Right? I grew up in the East San Gabriel Valley, not the San Gabriel Valley, East San Gabriel Valley. Right? My dad would drive to El Segundo every day to work when there was no 105 freeway. I should say, my dad. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, no 105, right? LA traffic, no 105. Every day, two hours there, two hours back. Right? Until you have to work, you go, wow. Take it for granted. Then you have kids. If you have kids, you start going, huh, it was not as easy as I thought. I thought I was easy to raise. Right? You think you're easy to raise. Then you have kids. When I was little, my mom, she used to drag me to Taekwondo lessons. And I hated them. No, I loved less. I hated going. Because right when Taekwondo lessons were, was when the cartoons were on. Now, some of you are too young to understand. There's no Nickelodeon. That's, you, know, you get the new ones on Saturday. You get the old ones in the afternoon after school. And then you don't get any. You don't catch them at that like one hour window from like 3 to 4 p.m. It's done. No cartoons for you. There's no DVR. There's no online. That's it. And I had to leave about 20 minutes before 4 to get to Taekwondo. And no! I'm dragging me. I'm like so upset. I was so angry. I'm like grumbling in my head. She's dragging me. We're driving. And I go and I have a blast. And I'm coming home. And I said, oh, this happened. That happened. Yeah, yeah. Whoo, superhero time. And my mom is driving. She says, that's the last time I'm dragging you to Taekwondo you don't want to go, fine. I'm going to just leave you at home. You don't have to go. I go, I'm not going to fight next time. Two days later, same thing. For 10 years, <laughs> my mom did that. 
My son has been at Brown Belt for two years now. Red and black. Thank you, my wife. I forgot the color because we haven't gone in a while. I go, Wesley, you want to go to Taekwondo? I don't want to go. I go, neither do I. <laughs> Pass the remote. <laughs> you get deep in the doing. You try living out what the Bible says. You will get close to God. Why? Because all the commands in the Bible are saying, this is how you love like me. All the commands in the Bible is Jesus just saying, I do what my father says because I am just like my father and my commands are telling you how to be like me. Do you want to be divine? Do you want to be amazing? Do you want to just experience that closeness with God? You cannot get close to God until you start sacrificing saying, I'm going to live like Jesus. And so deep is in the doing. And many of us, we, I am not against theology. I am not against understanding things in a more intellectual way. But it's no substitute for the true depth that comes from just doing what the Bible says. And the closeness that comes. You go, why are you saying that? Because that is what faith is. Faith isn't just in your mind. It's not in your heart. It's in what you do. And we got to get serious about that being what faith is. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Deep is in the doing. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You are called today. Don't underestimate that. We have forgotten how much God has handcrafted this moment just for us. You are called today. You have something special that most people all over this community does not have. And that's what we're going to read about today. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith. One baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. The word we hear is one. There is one faith. Only one faith. There's only one way to look at faith. There's only one faith that saves. And sometimes we just get out of touch with that. The deep is in the doing because there's only one faith. And that faith involves us following and obeying Jesus. Do you have a conviction about one faith today? It's super important. You know, I know we've historically talked about what our mission statement is, and I was so impressed with this ministry because walking in, you really uh, understood it even better than old South Cities that I worked with. I was very impressed with East Cities right here, and, and, and I thought Doug did a great job. But when I looked at the scriptures as I was praying, as we're anticipating this new year, and I'm going, where does God want us to lead us? And I know that we've really been strong about living out faith by loving like Christ. But let me tell you, we've got to get more and more closer to what God intended. And so I want us to enhance, grow, deepen in our mission. Can we do that this morning?
And so instead of just saying we're going to live out our faith, I want us to have the conviction to live one faith by loving like Christ. Can we do that? Can we talk about it's time to start living one faith? See, it's not easy. The Bible says, you know, Paul just preps the church in Ephesus. He says, gosh, you need to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Did you know it's not easy to be one? Look at your calendar and sit with the people in your group and look at their calendar. It's not easy to be one. Look at when you like to sleep and wake up and ask the person next to you, when do you like to sleep and wake up? It's not easy being one. Look at what you want to eat for lunch today. Ask the person next to you, what do you want to eat for lunch today? And, if, and you, you, you got to move away from the, you know, certain people here because they won't eat certain things. But then you're going to say, it is really hard to be one. Ask what books you like. Ask what music you like. Ask anything of the person around you. It is hard to be one. But you know what? The Bible commands our faith isn't the faith God intended unless it's one faith. So we're not living out faith by loving like Christ anymore because a lot of people go, I'm going to live my faith my way. I said, no, the Bible says live one faith. And that's where you're going to see the power. That's where you're going to see the beauty. That's where you're going to see the joy. Because your marriage is best when you feel like you're one. Your family is best when you feel like it's one. And church, the body of Christ, doesn't even belong to Jesus unless we are one. So we're going to live one faith. You know, what does that one faith look like? Let's go to verse 11 just to, to understand how do we get there? In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible reads, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, it says, hey, we're going to reach unity of the faith. we got to get to be one. Remember that says unity of the Spirit? There's unity of the faith. It's all that same umbrella. You go, how do we get there? It says there are leaders who are going to prepare you by encouraging you and hugging you and loving you and serving you, it doesn't say that. It says there's going to be leaders who are going to equip you to serve because serving together brings the unity of faith. Because we do to get deep. See, serving together builds the one faith. Not even serving alone. I think many of us who go, well, I'm, I'm just working, I'm serving it. And this church for a long, long time, and it's really growing. We met together as the leadership group uh, yesterday for, uh, for the married core leaders. And, and, and yes, we want to pull the singles in there in those meetings too. That was on the agenda, on the docket. But we were meeting initially with the uh, married core leaders. And one of the things they were saying, which I want to commend this group for, is how much people are beginning to raise up and give and serve and whatnot. And that's an awesome thing. Because why? Serving together is what gives us the one faith. What's so great to see, I'm listening from the back, I can't see it. Here's Laura and Vicor. Vicor, baby Christian Vicor, right? In our minds, getting up there, making an announcement, and not freaking out or being nervous, just having a fun time with y'all. Isn't that great? Because he told me he was making an announcement. He was so 
important to him. He goes, hey, Dave, I'm doing the announcement. Da-da-da-da-da. Like, this is his big moment. That was awesome. I really appreciate him doing it. Yay, Vicor. But isn't it awesome when we do it together? It's so important for us to go, man, we got to serve together if we want to have one faith. You feeling alone in our church? You got to serve together. Not even serve alone. Serve together. You say, I'm going to do this. Will you do it with me? Not, I'm just going to go do this. You know, people say, be the change. Hmm. Be the change with someone. (laughs) Sound good? But that's the Bible. How do you have that one faith? Let's serve together. And that's what leadership does. It says, hey, let's do this together. And I believe in heroes, but it's so much better to do it together, isn't it? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. We'll close out here. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, it started off with Hebrews chapter 10. And you go, I want to draw closer to God than I've ever been. Deep is in the doing, everyone. You got to start deciding, I'm not going to wait. I've got to start doing what the Bible says. That's what we believe. And you go, why is that so important? Because it's the one faith that God describes in the Bible. We've got to start standing and, and living and being passionate about one faith in our love for Christ. Are you with me on that? When Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to take a look in verse 32. It says, remember those earlier days. I said, remember. And it says earlier on in Hebrews chapter 10, we just said how when you were cleansed with the washing of your body with pure water, remember those earlier days. It says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you are publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who are so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And But my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. You know, the Bible says if you want to be righteous, you're going to have to live by what? Faith. And I want you to understand, we can water that down. This world waters it down and says, hey, when you live by faith, you just have to have a positive attitude. God is good all the time. I'm, it's going to just work out. That's not the faith that God is talking about. Are you saying having a bad attitude, a positive attitude is wrong? No, I think it's great to have a positive attitude. And is God good all the time? Absolutely. And your view and your understanding and your confidence that God will work things out is super key. But we live by faith. And God paints this picture out. What does it mean? It means you are suffering for Christ. You are standing side by side with those who make sacrifices. It's been a long journey for our church. And the most recent one, it's been a long journey where sacrifice has become a bad word. We're stretching ourselves. We're deciding, man, I want to grow. I want to, be, I want to change. I want to be closer to who Jesus is than I've ever been. It's not even what we talk about. We just want to encourage each other. And I do believe we always need to see the good. 
and that's never going to change. But when we live by faith according to scriptures, it's a different walk. Living by faith is saying, I'm going to walk out that door. I'm going to look at the people in this room, and I'm going to love them to the point I need faith. I'm going to be vulnerable in a way that goes, my goodness, did I just let someone in my life? Not, well, they're going to correct me. They're going to be down to me. They're going to do this. No, I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to actually address someone and say, hey, this bothered me. I saw this. And when I look at the scriptures, I think it's not mine. And I just want to connect with you on it. Maybe I don't know you well enough. Maybe I need to get known. Well, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to get sucked up in their life. No, you got to go, you know what? I've got to love to the faith point. Because that's the one faith the Bible talks about. The one faith the Bible talks about is this lifestyle where you feel stretched. This lifestyle where you feel called beyond what your flesh finds convenient. What your mind finds logical. What your heart finds easy. And so when you go, well, why did that, the 9 a.m. service change to Faith Point? It wasn't just a light thing where we said, hey, time for a name change. Who do 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 we discussed it and prayed about it. You know, someone else tried to change the name of the ministry uh, over a year ago, and we didn't want to do that. But as we were thinking and praying about who does God want us to be, it's who God wants all of us to be. It's people who live by faith, not by sight. Are we ready to start having that one faith as a fellowship? To say, we're going to come in, and we're going to go, man, I'm going to live stretched to the point that I have to say, help me, Jesus. I'll have meaningful prayers because I have this vision of who I'm going to be for that day. And I'm going to be amongst heroes who also are seeking to see Jesus, not just by hearing certain words or messages, but to see Jesus by living out how he would be and seeing that life replicated out in others. We'll close out in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9, 39. Because that's who we want to be. Because see... It says in verse 39, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. But to, to those who have faith and are saved, there is only one faith, brothers and sisters. One faith. One Lord, one baptism. It's a faith that is lived beyond our wisdom, beyond our comfort, beyond our strength. It's one that's lived at the point where we have to draw close to God, closer than we ever have been before. That is how you get there. And that's what we will do this year. Can we go far so we can draw near? So have a great time in fellowship. I think we're dismissed. So have a good time in fellowship. And you're